the passage from Thessalonians today expresses beautifully what it has been for me, and I would guess for Horace, to be a priest here during the pandemic, and most especially this fall, as we have gathered back ever more fully. The passage says, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all just as we abound in love for you. Beautiful, beautiful scripture, and absolutely the sentiments of our hearts as we were removed from you. If this is your first Sunday with us at St. Luke's, or if you haven't been in a faith community for a while and are just now coming back, welcome. This is a great community and we are thankful for your presence today. I can only imagine entering a faith community for the first time and hearing this gospel read. So I say, please stay with us if you're visiting. Texts of terror and fear are not our norm. This community proclaims love and justice. In previous years, I've tended to shy away from the apocalyptic-sounding portion of today's reading. I find end-of-times readings challenging to connect with because they speak to a reality we would really rather ignore. This year, however, these texts seem to be speaking to the times we're living in right now. They voice a cosmological description of what we are all experiencing, a truth-telling of sorts of what we are feeling. Jesus said there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the seas and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. This is what it is to live in a time of extreme fear and anxiety. There will be signs, nations confused, seas roaring. That is where we are living. It is a time with an almost revolutionary feel to it. And Jesus comforts his followers, inviting them to stand up. Redemption is drawing near. There's hope in those words. There's promise there. The promise that what we are living through right now is not the end. 
Don't be caged by distress. Don't be reduced by anxiety. Embrace the hope, the promise that God is faithful. God's redeeming of our world will be realized. This is the comfort that Jesus offers to the faithful. Redemption will be realized. God's peace, God's justice, and God's beloved community and creation redeemed. That will be realized. Theologian Audrey West, when considering the readings for today, poses the following question. To whom does the future belong? To whom? It is something that we have been considering in a way as we reemerge into community from the COVID pandemic. The busyness of life was brought to a crashing halt for a while, which allowed many of us to see what has always been. And we find ourselves in a new era of truth-telling, of experiencing foundations upended in so many ways. And we have this opportunity that has never been before to look around at the signs that are pointing us to a different way and examine how we are interpreting the signs as we see them now. There have been signposts, markers, that we thought we understood. Signposts of freedom, of equality, of justice and democracy. And now we see them in a completely different light. Where all the signs are pointing to, Dr. Caroline Lewis says, is the need for a reality very different from the one we are experiencing. To whom does the future belong? And how does my life, our lives, live into contributing towards that future reality? How are we ourselves working toward the advent of God's kingdom of justice and peace? Because, my friends, the choices we make in our daily lives have an impact of moving us in ways large and small closer to a more just world. Consider our financial impact. How are we spending our money? Are we supporting local artisans, local farmers? Are we aware of how our investing and banking align with the reign of God that we seek? Where we support businesses and investments, those things lift up people if we pay attention 
to where we are investing. They lift up people who have historically been oppressed. Are we electing people who are working toward a more just society, a more equitable global footprint? And who has our ear? Does our circle of friends, our spheres of influence, reflect the breadth and depth of God's people? Decisions large and small in our daily life contribute to the future reality we are striving to achieve. Even as we await with anticipation the coming of Christ, we are also empowered to work toward the realization of that alternate reality, a reality where the world is fundamentally changed. We can't do this work on our own. These radical things that God is calling us to for transformation of this world require more than just ourselves. We must work together in community to interpret the signs that point toward the future, toward a new reality grounded upon things that will not pass away. Things like love, like just community and peace. These things we are called to see and called to give witness to are things we can't do alone. We do it together through the prayers and watchful witness of the community of God's people. Our prayers lead us to see God's truth more fully. As presiding Bishop Michael Curry says, when love has its way, that's when we know the kingdom of God is being realized, when all are free to be the fullness of themselves. A beautiful prayer to saturate our spirits with is actually the one that was just beautifully chanted by our choir, Psalm 25. It is a prayer of self-dedication. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. A prayer of opening oneself to enlightenment, to discerning God's presence in life, and asking to be led into God's truth. The psalm says, Show me your ways, O Lord and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and you have I trusted all the day long. It is here, in the words of this psalm, that we remember again the heart of God. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. I invite you to join me in praying this psalm, Psalm 25, each day throughout the coming week. Sit with the words. Soak them into your being. 
This season of Advent reminds us again that this current reality is not the ultimate reality. And so we must attune ourselves, our whole beings, towards the ultimate reality of living into God's truth, a truth of compassion and love. God is in breaking into the world all around us. We can see glimpses of God's promise, systems of oppression and patterns of denial being upended. And the ways we seek to learn anew, the skill of listening to one another with an intent to understand. In the ways that we continue to seek to live lives of truth-telling, of wrestling with the powerful pandemics, the hard reality of our current world order, in order to be a part of the transformation of our common reality. In Thessalonians, Paul prays, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. This is the way to this new reality. Love. You know I love to quote from songwriters, and so today's is from U2's song, One. One love. One blood. One life. You got to do what you should. One life. With each other. Sisters. Brothers. One life. But we're not the same. We get to carry each other. Carry each other. One. One. This is what we are called to as the people of God. We are called to be a community of abounding and increasing love for all. A community of holiness. A community that carries one another in pain and grief. And that speaks into being the hope of humanity. We are one. Remember, O oh God, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting, says Psalm 25. Compassion and love from before time. A love so great for us, for all of creation, that God took on flesh, became incarnate to know us more fully, to be with us. Let us marinate in that great love so that our story, the story of this community and of each one of our lives will be knit together in the larger story of God's transforming, liberating, redeeming love for us all. Amen.